Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today as we talk about the strategic pattern of success. You see, success leaves clues. Success has a pattern. Success isn't something random. It isn't something that just pops out of the blue. It's based off of principles. And when you follow the same kind of principles that folks that have been there before also have followed, you will find yourself heading down the road following the pattern and finding success. Now, I want to start off right from the very beginning and give you a definition for success because success doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how many dollars are in your bank account. Because if success, if happiness, if all of those things are based upon the balance of your bank account at any given moment, then anytime you pay a bill, put a down payment on a new house, get a new car, do anything that would be bringing that balance down a little bit or a whole lot, um, you know, that would, by nature of that definition, mean that you are now less successful than you were during the whole entire time that you are accumulating that money so that you could then buy that house, put that down payment on it, buy a car, do all those kind of things. So what really is success? We want to look a little bit at that and help you with a little bit of the, the mind patterns that you have today. We want to talk about just purely the people that are in our lives and how the right people in our lives help us connect to success and have that pattern of success. And then also talk some strategies about things that you can do that can help you potentially not only reach more people, but possibly a different group of people so that um, in the actual monetary end of success, you do find yourself having the money go up and up and be doing better and better and better. Um, but I really do encourage you as we begin this talk on the strategic pattern of success that you really stop for a minute and you think about what really makes me feel like I've succeeded today. What are the things that when I put my head on the pillow that makes me feel like I did a good job today? And maybe some of that has to do with money, but most of it has to do with people and accomplishments and being the best you. I know I say this all the time, don't I? The best you that you can possibly be while it's called today. Those are the kind of things that lead us towards success. And when we discover the patterns in our own life that are keeping us from success and we make the shift into the pattern of success and then we do that strategically, meaning on purpose, over and over again so that we have the strategic pattern of success in our own life, we can find very quickly that we're living, we're thriving, we're loving, and we are successful in all that we do. And that's what I want so much for you. And that to me, more than anything else, is what it means to live as a thriving entrepreneur. So with that thought in mind, as we look for the strategic pattern of success in each of these interviews, let's jump in to our first guest. Join me in welcoming Christina Woods. Hey, Christina, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. Thank you. So to begin us off with, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Thank you. So I am a hypnotherapist, a coach, and an energy healer, and I'm the CEO and founder of Wise Woods, and I get to work with really fabulous, smart, capable, spiritually open people to shift patterns in their life that are holding them back and help them set boundaries and start trusting themselves and align themselves with the lives that they want to have. 
So I get to work with people all over the world, one-on-one, -on -one, virtually. You get to do hypnotherapy virtually, which most people don't know. And um, this is my second career. So I switched things up around 50. And um, so I got this new burst of passion and energy I get to have. So you went into the future, changed jobs, and then that that's cool. I'm proud of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So hypnotherapy and you're doing it virtually. Um, can you describe to me a little bit um, how that works? I mean, we're all used to seeing the things we see on TV, but how does it really work? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. So um, my kids said, oh my gosh, mom, you're the guy at the fair now, but that's that's not the case. So yeah, you know, it, hypnotherapy is a very natural state. We go there in and out of that state throughout the day. If we ever drive home from work and don't remember, do we stop at that stop sign or not? So hypnotherapy, whether it's in person or virtually, we get into a very relaxed state and through sort of a type of meditation, it feels like um, you never lose control. I don't think anybody would ever sign up for that. And you just get into a very relaxed state. And what we're doing is we have our subconscious mind and our conscious mind. And without getting technical, we're taking you into a place of alpha and theta brain waves. And that is where our subconscious mind holds 95% of how we feel about the world and ourself. And so that is where we explore some of the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and find out why they're there. And that's where we get to make some really profound changes. But the hypnosis process feels just a very relaxed state and you're very open to hearing thoughts and ideas and suggestions and it just feels very relaxed and and you know you can get up and go to the bathroom and come back people feel like they'll be in some sort of trance and not able to move but none of that's true can you make people um squawk like a chicken and do things like that <laughs> I haven't tried, but I do see that at the fair, like I said, and, you know, they're, they're looking for people who want to do that. You know, I wouldn't volunteer for that, but I do have one of my kids who always volunteers for that. So, um, you know, they're looking for people with their eyes. You get there's certain clues you can look for that people that are very open to and responsive to suggestions easily. Um, and they're very good at what they do very quickly. So there's entertainment purpose you know, purposes that you can use hypnosis and then very therapeutic purposes. Mm, love that. So how much of the process still boils down to though, we've got to be willing to want to change? So much of it, you, you know, you don't necessarily have to, you know, understand any of how this hypnotherapy stuff works, but you certainly have to want to, feel differently. You know, I, I find that most of my clients, including myself, when I started this journey, I didn't understand or know what I would uncover, but I knew I didn't like how I felt about what I was seeing in my life. Uh, some of the patterns that I had in my life, seeing certain things or relationship habits on repeat over and over or spending habits or things in my business or my career or relationship. So yes, you do have to want to change. And you know whether you use hypnotherapy or anything else in our life, right? We have to be open to explore things. And so definitely when it comes to me working with clients, if I find that I need to convince them that hypnotherapy works, we probably just need to have another conversation about, you know, why do you want this change? Why are we even talking in the first place? Because absolutely you have to, to be open to what's your motivation for wanting something different and, and wanting a transformation, or at least just wanting to feel differently. I like that. So where, I mean, because a lot of what you're saying, with the exception of if we took the word hypnotherapy out of there, sounds a lot like a good life coach or therapist or those kind mm -hmm. of things. Where do the differences come in? I mean, what what is different about it? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So when I mentioned we have our, our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. So 
think of the the iceberg and if you look up hypnotherapy you'll probably find a picture of an iceberg because it's the best analogy so you have that top part above the water which is our conscious mind five percent above the water that's our analytical our critical mind we you know and and we need it but 95 percent is underwater and that is again the part that holds all of our beliefs and our filter about how we feel about ourselves. So if we want to make long lasting, deep, deep changes. So it's sort of like when you think about a diet, if, if there were one diet, you know, a diet really worked, there'd only be one, but it's not about the diets. It's about how do we feel in our emotions around food? Or if one budget worked, we'd all follow it. It's not about money. It's about our beliefs and our feelings about our worth and money and so much more than that. So in hypnosis, we go back to what are the limiting beliefs that we have in our subconscious under the, under the water and most of those were formed in our childhood about, are we good enough? Are we worthy? Do we feel lovable or do we feel different? Because that is how we shape future decisions that we make. And when we can go back in hypnotherapy and dig those up and find out when those beliefs were formed, we're able to look at them and say, oh, okay, when I was seven or when I was nine or when I was 10, I made some decisions and I made you know, certain decisions about how I feel about myself, it made a lot of sense at that age. And at that point, you're able to say, all right, well, I don't live in that situation anymore. We upgrade those beliefs about ourselves. So I use an analogy of our phone. You know, We're always upgrading technology, but we forget that we have the subconscious belief that absolutely has the capability to upgrade your belief system. These beliefs we have about ourselves very often, they're not even true. And so it's our responsibility if we really want to make deep lasting changes, go in and find out what are these beliefs we have about ourselves and find out where they came from. Let's change them and then upgrade and change them. You can do that. And hypnotherapy is very, very fast and effective. That's one of the, the things I want to make sure everyone understands is it's not scary. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's actually a very natural process. It's why I left a 30 year career in higher education to do something very simple to help people make huge transformations very quickly. It's, it's incredible. I love the concept of huge transformations quickly. Um, I mean, I wish when you start talking about wanting to lose weight, I wish that there was a huge transformation that you could do in that realm quickly. I mean, I know you can begin the process and get a person on a track for it, but wouldn't it be cool if there was a weight loss technique where it's like, you know, yeah, and you can healthily lose like a hundred pounds this month. Right. Right. And, but you know, when you change, when you, we change our beliefs, our, our, our habits, are always start start with a belief. And that's one of the th only things that we have control of. And I think the last couple of years in the world, we see so much that we're not in control of, but our thoughts, we choose our thoughts, right? And when you choose and you know you can choose your thoughts and you can change how you feel about yourself and your thoughts, wow, the habits and the actions and the events in your life you just see this beautiful ripple effect. And I know the breakthrough I had in my life with this second career all started when I started changing how I felt about myself. And when I started truly loving myself and boy, my, my diet changed, my health changed, the, the money in my bank account changed. I started to have this business that was led by my heart instead of a place of, oh boy, I, ha I have to have this corporate job or else I'll lose everything in my life. Now I have joy. I get to be heart-led leader. And, you know, I, I get to have so much more in my life because I, I'm coming from a place of feeling enough. Whereas before I was coming from a place of, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky I have this job because I'm not good enough. And what if I don't have it? I won't have anything. Um, and, you know, that's not the truth. So our thoughts, we get to choose those and clearing out the clutter is a great way to do that. Whether you talk about the book, How Thoughts Become Things, or you steal a verse from the Bible that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is mm -hmm. he. It really is true that 
the stuff rattling around between your ears really does impact everything else, whether it be what come out of your mouth or what goes into your mouth too much and makes you fat, whichever way we might be talking about. (laughs) So let's ask you this then, Um, you know, a person has something that they really want to change, but it's also something that's been ingrained as, I mean, it's like an integral part of who they've been their whole life. Uh, what kind of process does it take to get to the place where they really can choose to make that change? You know, the, the quickest way is to really, we're all anchored in some belief uh, that isn't true. You know, there, we have these anchor moments in our life. And one of the quickest ways to make a change is to really start paying attention to the words and the images that we have in our mind. The words we say to ourselves they're just so, so powerful. And we don't often listen to what we're saying to ourselves. You know, we, we say, you know, this is killing me. This is going to bring me down. This is, you know, I have this, you know, these, these, just these very dramatic, profound words and our body listens and responds to every word. That's one of the most powerful things about our mind is it will do whatever we tell it. However, we so the words we use, our mind is responding. You know, even if we are attracted to someone walking down the street, we notice we blush or we get embarrassed. We blush. Our body is literally responding to a little feeling or belief. So what we say to ourselves and the pictures we put in our mind are even more powerful. So just even paying attention to the words and the images you're putting in your mind, spending a little time in the morning with that and Flipping the script on that can have a profound impact on your life. All right. So, and you work with people all over the world. So the cool part about it is, is that whether you're next door to Christina or you live literally the exact opposite side of the world, she can help you out. Tell us a little bit about how you engage with people um, and how they could get in contact with you. Thank you. Yes. So I engage with people. We do sessions over Zoom. I work with people one-on-one in groups, in retreats, and I can be found on Instagram at wisewoods hypnotherapy. And my website is wisewoods.com. And I have free downloads, hypno meditations, and other things on there that people can check out. I also offer a free hour for people to schedule something with me to see if this might be something that fits into what they're looking for and to transform their life. I love that. Um, and give us that URL one more time. Sure. Wise Woods, W-I-S-E-W-O-O-D-S.com. I'm Christina Woods, and I would love the opportunity to just share more with any of your listeners. I love that. But before I let you go, we've been talking a lot about Um, you know, the mental game and getting yourself prepared and stuff like that. So can you give us some words of advice that would help us be able to um, get our mind in the right place to then be able to get the help that you can give? No, I, two things, write on your mirror or with a dry erase or put it on your computer. I'm enough. Set your alarm on your phone at 8 a.m., noon and 5 p.m. with something inspiring that says, you're enough, you're a heartfelt leader, whatever inspires you, you're a, you know, you're whatever, whatever words inspire you. I I think right now I have, you know, I'm inspiring, I'm enough and whatever, whatever I don't feel enough in for the moment. And those little pop-ups every day when you're starting to feel and you're getting sucked back into whatever anchor you know, is pulling us back down into perhaps a limiting belief, you're able to flip the script. And so those little reminders, but I am enough when you're getting ready in the morning, you're looking in the mirror, it has such a big, big impact more than we'll ever know. So, you know, my, my neighbors, my friends, my children, they're used to little notes all in my cabinets, my kitchen cabinets on the mirror in my bathroom, they're everywhere and they make a big difference. So I think that's really important and I hope you do it. Well, Christina, I've really appreciated you having you here on the show today. Love what you're doing. Give us your URL just one more time so that people know where to go. Yes, wisewoods.com. 
Perfect. Christina, thanks so much for being with us here on the show today. Thank you. What kind of things can and even should you shift in your mind that would help you live a more successful, fulfilled, complete life? Um, Again, not necessarily monetarily, but in all the aspects, in the 360 of your life, what are the things that you could do today to be able to be more effective in what you do, to think in the terms of success, and then live in the patterns that do emerge when we begin to look at what success really means and what we truly need to do to be able to reach that. I want you to think about that. Feel free to hashtag Thriving Entrepreneur on your favorite social media. Let us know what your thoughts are. We're going to take our first commercial break, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third-generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about the strategic pattern of success. In the first segment, we were talking about shifting patterns, about having our energy work for us versus against us. I hope you learned some really good things from that and that you began to start thinking in terms of what does success really mean to me? What would it look like if I was truly successful and then allow that pattern of success in your life to begin to form as we continue on this conversation. So with that said, let's look at another thing that is definitely part of our successfulness, and that has to do with the people that we surround ourselves with as we jump in to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Alex Atwood. Hey, Alex, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. How are you today, Steve? Doing really good, thanks. So to begin with, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Ah, thank you. What a wonderful question. Um, So a little bit about me is I've been very, very curious um, my entire life as as a child. I grew up in constant discovery mode and, um, and really liked to be a connector. Um, early on. And what I mean by that is I went to lots of different schools, had lots of different friend groups um, in elementary school. My parents traveled quite a bit. And I find a lot of joy in bringing people together that didn't necessarily know each other or could kind of find some kind of value in each other, Um, whether it's a particular place outside where, you know, a group of friends would go and have a meetup and I'd bring some other people there or whether it was, you know, connecting people with sports or something like that. So that was something that I found pretty early on, brought me a lot of joy. And, uh, and so moving from there is really where I think I discovered my career. And it's still sort of a thread that runs throughout what I, what I do. I love that. So um, what do you find yourself uh, doing that helps connect people the most these days? (laughs) <laughs> That's a really good question. So I started um, in the staffing business uh, pretty early on. Um, my family had been uh, in that business uh, from from the time that they met. So it was pretty um, it, was, it was pretty good that I loved connecting people, and I happened to be from a from a, a staffing family business. 
And so coming out of, uh, coming out of college, um, went to work for the family business, um, discovered early on that working in a family business isn't always the healthiest thing uh, for not just the family, but internally. And, um, and started my entrepreneurial uh, uh, journey early on there. Um, started actually in, a, in an industry that uh, is known for being seasonal and cyclical and um, having lots of issues retaining employees, which is the hospitality industry. And so a few years after graduating college, after working for the family business and discovering that I wanted to keep healthy relationships with my family members and wanted to stay healthy myself, I sat, you know, went out on my own, got some friends together, enrolled them in what I was doing and an opportunity to be able to work and, uh, and service the hospitality industry, which at the time I knew very little about. I mean, I'd worked uh, for a really short period of time at an Outback Steakhouse as a, as a restaurant server, but didn't really understand who the people were, what the industry was that, what, that I was serving, and pretty quickly learned that it is such a dynamic place. Some of the hardest working people that love providing a service, love being in service, and frankly, didn't really have much support. Um, uh, at the time that I entered the industry. So it really allowed me to be able to be in full support of, uh, of people in the industry in terms of learning how to uh, not just train people and employ people, but also reach out to people and understand what was important. Um, and uh, in an industry that's rife with, uh, with stress and, um, and high pressure, especially nowadays, I've learned a lot about people, um, a lot about sort of the salt of the earth, and a lot about myself. Mm, I love that so much. What are some of the things, uh, first of all, that you learned about yourself through this process? Yeah, so um, I think I learned that um, I really enjoy connecting with people on a very personal and I really hate office jargon, and I really hate corporate speak, and um, and and love being able to be uh, connected to people in a way that is beyond all of that. Um, and so the hospitality industry in general, when I first started selling into the industry, you find a lot of people. Specifically, if you go into a kitchen, or you go in, you know, into a you know, high volume type of environment where people are behind the scenes, really putting things together, putting essentially a show together, um, you really don't have time for for jargon. You don't have time for placating. You don't have all of that. What you have is a group of people that are collaborating and co-creating something um, to be able to, to to show and to serve another group. And so in that space, you're able to build really personal relationships. I mean, it's almost like you know, being in battle. Um, every time that you put together a new event or a dinner or some sort of corporate showcase or anything like that, a concert, um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot of bonds that are made. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of uh, different uh, types of uh, you know, challenges that you need to collaborate to overcome. And so from there, you just build these really strong bonds and you find people that uh, just work, you know, really diligently, but more importantly, they really care about others. And, um, and so being able to be in service to that uh, really taught me how important that is to me. I think I, you know, I remember coming out of college, <laughs> not necessarily um, uh, trusting myself as being, you know, competent enough to sit in some of the meetings that I was in and, you know, did I, you know, did I know enough? Was I, was I qualified you know, to be there? Did I know enough corporate speak to be able to get along in the corporate world? And, um, and I realized that you know, I wasn't as true to myself as I had started to become as I started to explore this more uh, nuanced and frankly underserved industry. And so when I started to really dig into that and discover that about myself, I moved more into, uh, you know, training in the industry, working with people that wanted to not just train, you know, technical skills, 
but also um, wants to sort of uplift and energize. And so I discovered quite a lot about the industry. I discovered that the mortality rates of, of chefs and people that are, industry, that are in the industry were very high. Um, alcoholism was something that was prevalent. Um, substance abuse was there. Um, and a lot of that led to uh, some of the issues with, you know, not just, you know, retaining employees and, and, uh, and, uh, and healthy workplaces, but uh, just sort of the general uh, uh, prevalent idea of what it was to work in the industry was not something that necessarily was coveted uh, in the U.S. It was almost like, well, in this, in this country, you know, if you can't do anything else, you'll go work in this industry. And that's not the case. There's so much passion behind it. There's just so many creative, artful, articulate people that are there. And so to be able to showcase them and then to be able to put some energy behind actual, you know, transformation within the industry. In other words, you know, like putting different forms of communication into a kitchen, being able to understand not just, um, not just how productive a you know a, a, a kitchen is, or just how productive a particular um, organization is, but how healthy they are, and how well they are able to collaborate, and how many you know how regenerative they are. Um, so that that sort of led me to uh, you know discovering more about myself, and led me into a more um, contemplative state for you know how can I not just uh, you know support the industry that I serve, but how can I support others um, as a whole? And so, so yeah, I hope that makes sense. It absolutely did. And, um, you know, I think you make a lot of great points about the impression that people have both for that they put on themselves as well as that they allow others to kind of stamp on top of them. So when you run into somebody that's working in that industry and they have labeled themselves as less than, if you will, um, what do you do to help them begin to up-level themselves and see themselves in a different light? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I, I think what you, what, what you do is you start to have them, it's really, it starts in conversations about really having them, you know, sort of discover what's underneath um, that, um, that less than sort of attitude that they have, or that um, what is it that um, a workplace can do, or a conversation can do, or perhaps someone in their lives um, that can uh, begin to, to to speak to people in a way that really has them um, discover what it is in themselves, some of the challenges that perhaps they've gone through, um, and what they've discovered behind those challenges. And I think that society in general has um, really sort of labeled and, and, and people have picked up what their job titles are as who they are. And, I've just, and I discovered early on that really the job titles really don't necessarily reflect the person behind the job title. And so some of the, you know, some of the, the most endearing and some of the most really uh, uh, transformational people that I've come across um, in my life, and that's just not, you know, not just at, at work, but in my personal life, have been some of the most humble, um, experienced, um, I wouldn't say egoless, because I think all of us have an ego of some sort. I think it serves us. But um, but I've met so many of these in so many kitchens and so many you know places in life and and discovered that um, what it is maybe that they had was someone in their lives or a group in their lives whether it's a group of friends or you know a peer group or could be a counselor it could be a teacher it could be someone in the neighborhood that just sits with them and listens and when you give someone an ear to just listen to them to their story to what they have to say. Um, you'll find that um, they'll start to really have more confidence in themselves and start to be able to discover what it is in themselves that makes them unique. Um, and I think that's what's, you know, sort of been missing. I think there's been a lot of listening to certain voices that are tagged or labeled in some way. Um, and I think that 
a bit more listening to, to other voices out there could create so much depth and so much texture and empower um, so many people that don't necessarily feel that empowerment. So lots of um, companies and organizations and groups these days are really talking about allowing voices to be heard. And um, there's just quite a bit around you know, DEI. And, and I think all of these initiatives are great. I think ultimately, though, it goes back to the individual and you know, how do we serve the individual, you know, and, and by doing that, how do we then connect that individual into a group? Because ultimately, I mean, my belief is that we're all connected. Um, we're all going through the same experience in just different flavors and different regions and different topology and geography. But really, it is the same experience if you kind of, if you take a perspective of the Earth. <laughs> I've heard astronauts say as they sort of, as they, as they start to move into perspective of, of the Earth as a whole, there's a realization that it's just one real life here, that we're all living together. And, um, and that may sound Pollyanna and all of that, but I think I've really discovered that in all the different places that I've been and the people that I've talked to. And I've been lucky enough to be in an industry where it's run by people in all different segments. And, uh, and I absolutely love people um, and I love learning from people and learning from myself as I walk through and, and, and work with others. Speaking of working with the, with others, for people who would like to go on this journey with you and work with you to be able to find some of these kind of things in their own life, how can they work with you? Well, thank you for asking that. You can always reach out. Um, uh, I have a website. It's alexatwood.co. So it's A-L-E-X-A-T-W-O-O-D.co. I would love to hear from anyone. I'm always happy to chat. Um, always happy to lend um, my expertise, skills, or just, you know, collaborative way with anyone that would like to reach out. I'm also active. I'm uh, currently a CEO of a company called Gravy Work. Um, it's a company, as I said, in the hospitality space. Um, we provide employment and training for those looking to get into into the space who are already in, in, in the industry. So, so that's another place. And, you know, I, I welcome... You know, anyone and everyone who's interested in, in learning more about what I do or, um, you know, tapping into, um, you know, anything, uh, feel free to reach out. I love that. Well, Alex, just before I let you go, give us some words of encouragement about how we really can love what we do in life. Yeah, thank you for that. I'd say that, um, you know, it, it really does come down to being present and seeing what you're doing as really having an impact on yourself, others, and the world. And, you know, it could be, it could be uh, from you know, cleaning a room and making sure that that room, whoever it's being cleaned for, is going to enjoy the work that you're doing and is going to be able to share that work with others and be able to have a clean space to come home to or to work in. And you're, you're enlivening that space that you're cleaning. So whether you're cleaning a room or you're you know, creating a budget, which is in service to a group that wants to do something and needs the energy in the form of money to be able to do it, um, you know, every moment that we have that we create is an, opportunity to, is an opportunity to really bring something forth into the world. So really... Um, being present in, in, in what you're doing and understanding that there's a ripple effect in everything that we do um, and just knowing that we're in service to whatever that is. I love that so much. Well, Alex, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate your time. I want to ask you a couple of questions and I want you to think about this inside of yourself during this next commercial break. Are you still curious do you like connecting? Do you like the people you're connected with? If not, I mean, then obviously we need to have a different discussion about how to change the connections. And if you do, what is the pattern that's in that 
that allowed that to be a successful connection between you and those people. Um, and maybe it's not employees, maybe it's just even the friends in your life or those kind of things. But what is the connective tissue? What is the pattern that begins to emerge? Then we can again be strategic with the people that we bring into our lives and experience the strategic pattern of success in our own lives as we live as a thriving entrepreneur. Let's take another commercial break and we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about the strategic pattern of success. What is the strategy behind being successful? Not just accidentally, not just, well, you know, I tripped and fell and found success because it doesn't really happen that way, does it? In the first segment, we talked about shifting the patterns, the things that we have in our mind that aren't serving us. And in the second segment, we're talking about connecting, the connections that we have with the people, both the folks that work with us specifically, but also just the people that are in our lives and the impact that they make on us. And so now we do, even though I took it away from you at the beginning and said success doesn't necessarily have anything to do about money, let's do talk about some of the sales strategies that you can do that could potentially increase the bottom line, the amount of money that when you wake up and look at your bank account you find there, and also allow that to be part of your pattern of success. And more importantly, one of the ways that you live as a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's jump in to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Jessa, Jessica Yarbrough. Hi, Jessica. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Steve? I am doing really good. Thanks. To begin us off, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, so I'm an expert strategist and coaches and consultants that are established hire me to help them really build their expert authority and ultimately sell ultra high end packages. So high five or multiple six figure deals. And and you're talking about a package that um, is a high five or six figure deal for one person at one point. A- absolutely. So that okay. could be marketing to high net worth individuals, high earning individuals, or a large majority of my clients, I would say 70 to 80% actually market to businesses. So it's how do you package your genius and sell it to six figures to an organization, whether that's a small business all the way up to, you know, fortune 100 company. Oh, I love that. So let's talk about it. I mean, I know there's a lot of mindset issues really right off the top that people have about you know, how could I possibly sell it for that much? So give us some reasons why we should do that and how we can do that. Well, I mean, if you have the mindset issues coming up, you're not alone. And and especially if you're already a coach or consultant who may be billing by the hour or you're selling smaller packages, maybe 3,000, 5,000 uh, and up, and you're getting pushback and you're like, if I'm getting pushback and can't sell 3,000, how I'm going to sell 150,000? Well, it's a different market. Um, And the reason why is, you know, a lot of people choose to go into organizations because you can solve really big, complex challenges. Uh, Organizations have 
you know, companies have deeper pockets, they have budget, they have urgency, you know, no matter what, whether you're selling to high net worth individuals or you're selling to organizations, you need to have a market that has urgency around their pain. You know, if it's a Band-Aid type solution, they're not going to invest. But if it's, you know, I always say it's like a bleeding wound and you can be the tourniquet, then they're going to invest. Um, really important too, when you're marketing to those higher caliber people is that you, you're selling to people that value time more than money. Most people sell uh, that are struggling to sell are trying to market to people who value money more than time, meaning they have, um, they don't have a lot of money, but they have a lot of time on their hands. These are your DIYers. They're the people who are going to buy your, your lower end coaching packages. If you flip that and you market to people who value time more than money, these people have very little time on their hands. Think about a busy executive that needs um, help in his personal life or maybe um, a CEO who you know, is having big urgent issues with strategy or, or with change management. These people don't have a lot of time, but they do have access to funds. They have money that they can throw at solving a problem. So as long as you can go in there and figure out what is the challenge that you're going to solve and present a clear-cut solution and an intrinsically valuable package, you'll be successful at closing those high-value deals. Those high-value deals, you know, once you're in, in a company, that lifetime value of one client can easily become seven figures. I really love that. I mean, a lot of times we have the false assumption that because a company is, let's say, a Fortune 100 company, that all of their stuff is together. You know, they got a great website and a great processes and a great marketing team and all of that. And for anybody that's ever worked with those, a lot of times they're bigger messes than the little companies. hundred percent. I mean, the bigger, the, the bigger, the company, the more complexity, you know, the more hands on a single project, the more breakdowns in communication. And, you know, that's exactly the type of clients, you know, when I have clients that are leadership development or change management, that's their dream clients because they constantly need help with solving what is one of the biggest problems in companies, which is the people problem. And, you know, if you can go in there and create change and, um, uh, and improve, improve productivity, retention, even reduce drama, you know, that's worth a lot to the company. How often do you find when you're working with somebody that's, you know, there's a brand new concept to them, they have maybe a, you know, a five or whatever thousand dollar product um, and really they should probably be charging 60 or $80,000 for the product that they're already giving people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it does happen. Um, you know, the first thing we have to look at is, are you marketing to the right people, right? Like I had a coach, a client, it was a coach, a business coach, and she was charging like five grand for her group. And, you know, it, it was newbies. They, they were not going to buy a $25,000 offer. Um, and so we actually repositioned her. They were just too new. Like they weren't even doing the work at 5,000. So we repositioned her to go after, you know, more established, changed, you know, the ways that she was helping them solve their problems. And, you know, she was able to easily sell 25, her, her group program at 25,000. So we have to look at if you're marketing to the right people, there are clients who come in and are marketing to the correct people, but they're severely undercharging. And that's usually a combination of a few things. One, there is a general lack of awareness of what the market is willing to pay. Number two, there's some measure of imposter syndrome, like, can I really do this? I don't, I don't, do I know enough? And by the way, I have a lot of clients who have coached from the C-suite who still have that some measure of imposter syndrome. So it affects everyone. Um, a three, some measure, maybe a little bit of fear that, Hey, if I, if I raise these prices, you know, am I going to lose my client base? And so, you know, usually despite all of that, you will know, you will have a gut feeling that you're undercharging. There's a lot of signs, you know, that gut feeling, that resentment that starts to build. If you're billing all the hours you can, first of all, get out of the billing by the hour model. But let's say you're at capacity with delivering, you can't do more to make more. You have a fundamental, you know, problem with your pricing. And so there's a lot of signs. It just sometimes takes people, unfortunately, you know, years to make the decision to make a change. Um, I had a client who, uh, she did try a lot of other things and she was stuck at 300,000 for 10 years selling to companies and uh, was, was severely undercharging. 
And when she came into my program, I said, I, I want you to double more than a little more than double your prices. I got some pushback. We worked on her confidence and her pitch and proposal and all of that. And when I asked her, I was like, what did they say? What did they buy? And what they say? She said, I pitched it at 180. I told her to pitch it at 200, but I was like, that's fine. You pitched it 180. And what did they say? How did they react? And she said, literally, they did not blink an eye. Um, and so, you know, here's someone who had been and had unintentional, like not raised her prices intentionally for years out of fear, you know, that she couldn't charge this month. And, and you know, this is someone in their late fifties that has a ton of experience under her belt, right? Massive credibility in fear. Didn't even know she could charge that much, you know, came out the gate, closed 180,000 deal, and they literally didn't blink an eye. And we actually took her to a million in her first year, uh, working together. I love that. Now, the question that I almost feel like I can hear somebody while they're listening say is, wow, she must be really expensive to work with then. Um, so address that. I am. I mean, that's the bottom, <laughs> the bottom line. If you believe that, then it's true. I mean, I do have different levels that I work with my clients, but I am very intentional with my message. I am not the cheapest coach. I am very rarely, occasionally, like I said, someone maybe out of um, senior level in a corporate role that I will be their first coach. But usually people do a lot of things and are established before they come to me. And they're really ready to level up. So, you know, if I'm going to shift you into selling ultra high value programs, you know, my pricing has to be congruent with the value that I provide. And, you know, beyond pricing, we do so much more in terms of marketing, positioning systems, your team to scale, how you manage ultra high end, you know, back end delivery. So it's much more than just the pricing strategy, though I will say the pricing strategy is one of the primary reasons why people initially hire me. Um, but we want to be able to get you the deals and repeat those deals and help you through the CEO growing pains that are going to come when suddenly you are making a lot more money. You know, they're, uh, it's a great problem to have. I'll put it that way. Uh, but there is still a lot of things you don't even realize that are involved when you hit really big numbers in your business. And so you're going to need guidance and you're especially going to need systems and strategy. And that's something we provide for our clients. That's amazing. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about how a person can engage with you. First of all, um, you said you're not usually a person's first coach. Correct. Um, what kind of people are you looking for? Um, you know, let's help people opt in, opt out of working with Jessica. Yeah. So the majority of my clients who join my programs to scale are earning between 200,000 and 700,000. Sometimes I have people come in. I mean, I've had people come in at 75 or 150,000. Um, and those are people that are really committed uh, because of, you know, the investment and time commitment. Um, but typically on average, my clients are 200 to 700,000. And then I do get some people in the low uh, seven figures as well. Um, so that's, that that's what, you know, one big determining factor is revenue. Also, you know, that you're established, like we're looking for traction, we're looking for a track record. You know, um, I always joke and say, Hey, it's, I'm not going to take a Starbucks barista and build, you know, have them selling six figure contracts. Like that would be a big jump. So I need someone with demonstrated excellence in their field. So if you've been in your corporate role for 15 years, you know, and you're transitioning and you've got that skill set that I can turn into a valuable consulting service for a company, then I can take you on. Uh, but we need to have some track record with you solving the pro kinds of problems uh, that you intend to solve or promise to solve. Of that. Um, and for the person who is like, that's me, that's me. I just need your help, Jessica. Um, how would they get in contact with you? Well, first I would say, you know, find me on LinkedIn. Let me know you heard me on the show, you know, check out my YouTube, go to jessicayarber.com forward slash influence and download, you know, my guide on the ladder of influence. You know, I'd like you to have a greater understanding of who I am. And I put out a lot of education out there for my clients. Um, and then if you feel a connection, you're getting value and you feel like I'm the coach for you, then apply for a call. And um, if accepted, we can have a conversation. Before I let you go, do me a favor and give us some words of encouragement 
for the person who, until they heard you, never even considered a program that high um, and just how possible it is. Yeah, I would say one of the biggest mindset shifts that you can make as a business owner is this. Until you see and own your value, no one else will. That's very powerful. And I hope everybody will take that to heart and really run with it. Jessica, I really appreciate what you do in the world. I know there's some people out there that need your help. Um, and thanks for all that you do. Thanks for being with us on the show here today. Thanks for having me. As Jessica shared with us, it's about having a strategy to be able to reach whomever it is. Whether you're talking about a high ticket program or you're talking about something that's 99 cents, it's on every level, not magic. It's strategic. And there's a strategic pattern that is how success is created. It's developed. It is lived out. It's not something that just, you know, you're walking down the street one day and it drops on your head like an anvil out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Um, it really is something that you do on purpose, that you plan out so that you can then live out throughout the course of your entire life. It has to do more than anything else with how massively important you are to this world to allow you the capability to be able to then do the things that only you can do so that you are successful in the way that you're meant to be successful. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world does need you. And so with all of that in mind, begin to now take the things that we've introduced to you, the stuff that I've said, and the good, solid knowing of yourself, and begin to design the strategy. Have the strategic pattern that then will lead you down the road to success. And again, as I said right at the beginning, start with what the real defin definition of being successful in your life would look like. Um, I would encourage you not to have that be a monetary goal because money really isn't going to be a good barometer of it. If you do this, money will come and money will get spent. <laughs> and so in other words, money will go. But if you do the thing today that you know to do, you do it strategically, you do it on purpose, and you continue to follow that pattern, you'll see it emerge more and more and more in your life. And you'll begin to see yourself first and foremost as successful. And then you'll be following every day your own customized strategic pattern of success. Even in the times when Steve can't say the word strategic, you'll still have that strategy You'll follow that pattern and you'll be the best you that you can be. And there'll be days when you'll totally blow it and you'll be like, oh man, I'm so off schedule. And that's okay too, because now that's in the past and you can move forward to having today be as awesome, incredible, and amazing as it's meant to be. And that, my friend, is not only the strategic pattern of success, but that's how you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. I want that for you. I hope until we're together again next time, you're happy, safe, warm, and loved that you are blessed, strategic, successful, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I am a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books, and I help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. In fact, there are literally thousands of people that have used the system that I created to be able to write, publish, and market their books, and now they're best-selling authors, and you're next. 
I just wanted to come on for a minute, say hi to you, tell you a little bit about me, introduce myself, and tell you, I know the world is waiting on your message, and I would be so honored to be part of sharing your message with the world. Go to AskStevekid.com and schedule a time to talk today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.